cats. Box cats. Box cats. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 82 for the money. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Ross McQueen. I'm getting that strange sense of deja vu again that I got last week. Oh, really? I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. You should maybe see a doctor about I, that. I maybe should. Maybe and it's just the drugs. Maybe it is just the drugs. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. So, uh, big week of television. <laughs> Packed show. Brett, uh, how have you been watching television this week? <laughs> well, surprisingly, I've been uh, less distracted watching West Wing, which uh, must be up to its uh, last four shows or something. Something um, like that. Because uh, Janine Garofalo has been wearing her glasses in character, uh, which distracts uh, from the two caterpillars re- crawling across her. In response to <laughs> Eyebrowgate, yes, she's it, been wearing her glasses. W- yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, Janine Groffler, you can send an email to hooray at boxcutters.net if you want to tell Brett off and then come on the show. That, that, that would be good. So, Brett, this is, a, this is an ongoing theme with you, though, because, okay, you've got Janine Garofalo's eyebrows. Okay. And then last year... But I love her. I do love her. Yeah. Although she was much better than Larry Sanders. Last year... Well, she had controlled eyebrows back then. <laughs> uh, last year on Media Watch, we had Diastemagate. That's true. That's true. And also... At the movies, half of Margaret Pomerantz's face had apparently collapsed. And I can't remember if I've mentioned it in the podcast <laughs> or if it's just been off air to you guys, but um, uh, Jennifer Burns' emphysemic friggin' intakes of breath as she's talking. <laughs> I think, I think, I think you, so in fact, asked Marie Hardy about that on air. <laughs> I was watching First Tuesday Book Club again last week and uh, she's still <gasps> doing... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wheezy intakes. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is striking me as a little sexist. It's not sexist at all. It's just have you people got any with complaints? weird features or actions. <laughs> have you got any complaints about any of the male presenters? Yeah, what, what, what's wrong with Koshi? Uh, oh, don't start on Koshi. Well, I don't get to see Koshi because I'm, I'm, I'm sensibly still wrapped up in bed. Uh, uh, George Negus. Eddie McGuire. Um, uh, can't think of his name. Uh, Australia's Got Talent. Grant Denya. Way too short. <laughs> and his, his mouth is really big. Like, he shows so you much know what teeth else? when he smiles. He wore a suit with a hood. What? I saw that. I saw that. He did. He wore a suit jacket with a hood. <laughs> was that last night? That was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> a hoodie suit jacket. <laughs> yep. Right, so it's, so it's not just women then, Brett. No. Maybe you've got ADD. No. Maybe you've got ADD TV. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get that, but then we went with the basic package. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. And, uh, and with that, let's go through what we've got on the show. Uh, today we're going to talk about the Logies, uh, the nominations that have come in for the Logies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to talk about I Don't Buy It. Uh, we'll have a little, uh, a little footy classified discussion. Also talk about... Talking Rove. about newspaper. No. Footy classified is a, I a show... I want to buy footy. It's a Brett. It's a, it's a show that started on Channel Nine last week. Oh. Uh, all, all about football. Okay, can't wait to hear about that. Uh, Going to talk about Rove having returned to the screens. Got some quotes, some letters to box cutters. Finally, how long has letters uh, to box cutters been away? Next, you know, we'll be having a quiz. Well, 
Well, it's you know, I, I don't want to give anything away, but stay tuned to Paul. I think uh, I think a, a big part of the quiz is that we don't want to give anything away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's we, true. We, we that's have true. no prizes. But I think I, I think I may have found a way around that. Ah, nice. Yeah. Yep. Nice. And and surely uh, those prizes are going on their way. Yes. Yes. The T-shirts, <laughs> lost in the mail, I'm sure. We'll, uh, we'll finish things off with pork, but we're going to kick it all off, as we always do, with the Box Cutters News. here with his phone, Brett Cropley. <laughs> Fans of The Chaser will uh, be aware that they have moved to Wednesday nights and uh, they've had a couple of episodes, just two episodes in, and they've already scored their first very serious complaint. An ABC... <laughs> <laughs> in other news. <laughs> very serious complaint. The show wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, said Mrs. Jan from Eagle Bork. An ABC spokesman has confirmed this, uh, but refused to elaborate as the matter was being reviewed by ABC Audience and Consumer Affairs. So what, what is this complaint about? Is it just that they're not as good as people were hoping they were going to be? A source uh, who, who's not uh, the anti-spokesman understands that the grievance, grievance was lodged by one of the unwitting stars of the season premiere, uh, which targeted numerous celebrities, including Peter Dedman. Marcus Einfield and Mercedes Corby. And Anna Corrin. Ooh, maybe it's Anna Corrin. And the uh, and the body language experts. That's why I said including. I uh, uh, and Qantas. Mm-hmm. And set. One of the two. I'm wondering about this as mm-hmm. you know, a, a justifiable complaint because it's a satire. And essentially whoever's been on the show and has been and has complained, has been satirised. Which would be like suing Ashton Kutcher for being punked. Yes, although, and and I assume Ashton Kutcher, uh, like, as well as your classic comedy hidden camera kind of things like Candid Camera. um, Which originally was Candid Microphone. Yes, yes, because it was a radio show. Mm. Uh, And before that was Candid Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Candid Letter. (laughs) The people um, were were uh, signing releases for it to be broadcast, right? Which you don't need for a satire. This is true. Yes, I still think it, it, it reminds me. It's a step away from the the punked. It reminds me. Was it was it last week or, or the week before where we had the uh, the the discussion last week, of, last week, week? week before? <laughs> no, 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 I'm going with last week. Um, the Carol. Burn- no, no, week before. <laughs> Carol Burnett. Last week. Was, <laughs> that was last week. Right. Carol Burnett was suing Family Guy. Uh, and again, it's, you know, no chance. You'd have to get crazy judge on his off medicine day to, uh, to, to, to really go with this one. Mm. Why bother? Yep. Why bother launching a complaint? Well, maybe somebody's uh, got a bit uh, gun crazy. No, what's the word? A little bit... Uh, Gung-ho. Carried a, gung-ho. Gung-ho. Carried away with the action because Mercedes Corby is suing Channel 7 and today, tonight, uh, Anna Corrin and TT reporter Brian Seymour for defamation over allegations made by Jody Power. 
she claims that the allegations were hurtful and untrue. She's also suing them for ruining her McHappy meal. Uh, not quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could get interesting to uh, sex- successfully pursue a defamation suit. The defamatory items need to be true- proved to be untrue. Uh, oh. so, so it could be very interesting what actually comes out. And it's also curious that Jodie Power herself hasn't been named in the case. Oh. Well, uh, well I, I think Mercedes and her lawyers know very well that Jodie Power has you know no more than say two dollars fifty to to sue her for. <laughs> She's probably got a couple of grams stashed down. The couch. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I don't any know. any I more suits coins. can be forwarded to <laughs> I think when she, uh, yeah, I think when she got the money, it, it was spent pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but to uh, to to sue Channel Seven and, and Today Tonight, that that would make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Again, good luck, Mercedes. We look Sheesh. forward to uh, reporting on that court case. <laughs> Uh, a, a day called Bloody Monday happened in the US last week. No, it's Bloody Sunday. Sunday, Bloody Sunday. A day called Bloody Monday happened in the US when... Ah, thank you, Ross. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, he, I'm ignoring him completely now. From now on, just anything he says. Whoosh. Not hearing it. You realise we're the same person. <laughs> ah. You're just having a mental breakdown. Right. <laughs> you just see the good and bad sides of our personality. But we're one person, really. Maybe that's, maybe that's why I, I hated that film with Russell Crowe so much. The, uh, the Beautiful Mind. Oh, uh, maybe. Because I'm going, ah, these people, they can't be made up. Yeah. You saw that with me and Brett as well. Right. Oh, my God. Uh, Bloody Monday, uh, because a a lot of shows saw the ugly side of the axe on Monday in the US, uh, included in the list, the Black Donnellys, which may have been... It's just come on. It replaced Studio 60. Yeah, yeah, it's only been on for for about five weeks. It may have been axed. It may just be moving from its Monday night slot. But after eight episodes come uh, April 23rd, Mm -hmm. uh, that will be the last time it will air... At its uh, Monday 10 p.m. So, slot. So, so that's good news for Studio 60. There's a spot, spot for it to come back to. It, it's been no. joeyed. It, it has been joeyed. The Black Donnellys has, has definitely been joeyed. The, uh, the has Joey been axed yet? Yes. Yes, yes finally. Uh, after being repeatedly joeyed. Uh, yes. <laughs> About a year and a half after it went on break, mm. they finally said it's axed because we can't get any of the actors back. Yeah. Uh, no, it's. But, uh, but they were just having fun with Matt LeBlanc. No, it's not actually. Come into the studio. Come in, come in, come in. Oh, sorry. Oh, wardrobe. No, we don't have a wardrobe department. Sorry. Makeup. No. Uh, no. Cameras. Oh, you know what? The show's still on hold. Sorry. Uh, the Black Donnellys will be replaced by a reality series called uh, Wedding Crashes. The real. The real Wedding Crashes. The real what? Wedding Crashes. Uh, so they're setting people up to go in and crash weddings. That's, to, to that's ruin, my understanding. To ruin the most important day of every bride that they come across. Yep. Yep. I think, I think maybe they're doing it in conjunction what with assholes? Bridezillas. If they're doing it in conjunction with Bridezillas, then, uh, uh, then they can get even more footage out of that. Yeah. I think that, that would work very <laughs> nicely. Uh, Six Degrees, which is a show that we talked about during the fall season summaries. Which we didn't like very much. No, because it, it wasn't very good. No, same with Black Donnelly. Yeah, uh, that's also... I'm surprised Six Degrees has lasted this long. I, uh, I don't think they uh, had anything else to put on. I mean, uh, you, you've yeah. got to remember, of all the shows that we... Uh, that we did preview during the fall season uh, summaries. If you go back to uh, last September, October. Uh, most the, are gone. Yeah, most of those shows are gone. Hmm. Uh, 
so you know you hold on to the ones that you've got until they're really just costing way too much yep. to to put on. Men in trees that is it's, that has been renewed. That's been renewed. Okay. That's still on because there's another one from the creator of Sex in the City uh, called Women in Trees. No, um, da, 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 Men da, in da, Chairs. Da. What's her face from from Neighbours or Home and Away? Isn't it Se- Sex in Trees? No, <laughs> Melissa George. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Cashmere Mafia. The no. Something Mafia. No. Uh, in therapy or something. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, the one I'm thinking. Yeah, anyway. You do this every week, Brad. <laughs> I read it, but I didn't read it. I didn't think it was newsworthy enough. I didn't think we were going to get into this strand. Of- yeah, but but then but you don't go to, to, through the point where you go, mm, I want to talk about that, but I don't have all the information here. I thought one of you guys would have said it. <laughs> the, uh, the, Come on. Keep it coming, Brad. <laughs> the other... Uh, What's your opinion on that? Hooray at foxcovers.net. <laughs> the uh, other show, which is good news for the entire world, Seventh Heaven, will finally not be renewed for another season. It finishes off uh, later on this year and it will never, ever, ever come back. Are you sure? Because it's been axed before. Yeah, it was It was axed back when it was on the WB and the CW brought it out Except for the, the news. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> And it was renewed by the country in Western Australia. It was renewed by the CW uh, for their first season. And uh, and the CW must have just gone, how did we end up with this shit? <laughs> hey, speaking of shows being axed, the opposite has happened <laughs> to, uh, to Thank God You're Here. So good luck to the working dog people. Thank God You're Here premieres Monday night in the US. So probably by the time you've seen this, it'll have been on. So... Uh, See the, uh, the video podcast at least, or listen to to the podcast. Yes, there is a yes. Video podcast. Uh, yeah, so it'll be uh, interesting to see how that does. Uh, obviously, the working dog people don't have anything to do with the US version, but it'd be great well, for them. Apart if from it, well, counting the cash. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, and no, because uh, if if you remember our discussions about it, uh, they have supplied pretty much all of the scripts for it. And oh, okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember that. It's going to be a, a very true recreation. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure that we'd discuss that. Oh, maybe I'll... So that they've supplied all the scripts? Are you, su- are you sure it's the two of you and not <laughs> not the two of you? <laughs> they, they've supplied all they've the scripts? They've supplied all the scripts for really? it. Really? Yeah. And so it's going to be the same show that we already saw? Pretty much. Right. Oh, but it, except, except of course, the, the guests will be doing... Other things. I mean, they're, yeah, they're not yeah, going to. Yeah. The improvisation will go off in wacky and unheard of ways. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Uh, well, it was interesting. I saw a, uh, a little super on the bottom of something I was watching and with an ad for Thank God You're Here. Looked the same right down to the blue door coming up on the super. So, uh, yeah, good news for Working Dog and hopefully it does well for them. Well, and this is this is a, a, a trend that we started seeing with Big Brother and then Australian... Oh, sorry, the Idol shows did it as well, where when a show starts in one country and is then licensed by another country for recreation, there are now very specific rules about what... Uh, what the the sets have to look like, what the images have to look like. I mean, but this has been going back right to kind of the late 90s, when they were licensing out a lot more reality shows, when they had the big boom in reality and extreme game shows and all that kind of stuff, the licensing, you know, right back to Millionaire. Yeah. Uh, and but I can't remember which came first, though, Millionaire or Big Brother? Uh, Millionaire came first. Okay. Millionaire was before Big Brother, but uh, things like... 
pop stars, for example, which was on here, helped uh, Pop Idol take off yes. in the UK, which then became American Idol, which then came back to Australia as Australian Idol. Yeah, it's it's a lot so better. So obviously that was quite, you know, that was that was more just rip-offs than well, licensing. And, and don't forget that Pop Stars was a New Zealand show yes. to start with. Yes. Yeah, it's an interesting trip down memory lane with Ross McQueen. Getting back to axings, David Tench tonight has it's, officially uh, been laid to rest. It's pronounced asking. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Denton has said uh, it didn't get the numbers they needed. Uh, he has a great deal of respect for them, taking such a bold move in the first place. Uh, although it has won't return to our screens, the technology used to create Tench has been sold into Europe and has had strong interest from the US. Yeah, whatever cash they can get out of that dead cow, they should really try, try for. It's, well, it was a terrible show. <laughs> uh, it was okay. It, it was no, okay. No, it was. He was a it good was, character. Yeah, yeah. He had funny things to say. It, it, I would have much rather half an hour of just seeing him talk. I, I just don't think it has settled in yet. I, I think the audience is the the. People on it had no idea how to react, and they kind of ruined the show. But then they also still had that problem with uh, camera angles and stuff, and the the guests looking so tiny compared to to the host, and uh, looking like they don't belong on the set, and yeah. it just yeah, it just didn't work out. Yeah, Ross. Uh... Good news for all Big Brother fans and bad news for the rest of the population with uh, Channel 10 scheduling coming out for the first few weeks that Big Brother's on. It looks as though Letterman is going to get shafted back into its old Channel 9-esque slot of around 1, 2, 3 a.m. following the joys of Big Brother up late, late, which is is a disaster for Letterman fans. Three months essentially without Letterman. Um, it's it's just really disappointing. Yes, I, I actually read that it was going into a fairly stable one fifteen time slot, um, which is better than what Channel Nine ever did with it. I yeah, that is slightly better, but I, I don't believe it's stable for a second because as soon as anything happens in Big Brother, they run additional episodes and the whole Channel Ten schedule gets blown out by it and. Uh, I just think it's disappointing. I mean, you've got two hours of idiots sitting in a house or asleep quite often, mm. Mike Goldman filling. You couldn't... I mean, they're, they're cutting Letterman so much that they're squeezing it pretty much into a 45-minute time slot. Why, why not just have it first? You know, Letterman 11.15, up late, 12 till 2. Channel 10 aren't cutting Letterman. Snip, snip. Really? really? Only, they are broadcasting very few ads yeah. in it. But, uh, but yes, I have my suspicions that there are bits being snip snip. So the beauty you have of a late pre-midnight slot is mm-hmm. that uh, the ad rate is actually still higher up until midnight. And so you don't have people wanting to actually spend up to midnight, and then once midnight hits, you you get all the sex ads and the yep. ringtone ads. Yeah. <clears throat> so generally, we're seeing about forty five minutes of of uh, Dave with not many ads, and then it kind of ticks over. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, I think it would be much better if Letterman was on eleven fifteen and two hour up late brain surgery show was on then from twelve to two. I think I think that makes a lot more sense. Uh, just quickly, I want a story on the Olympics and the army. If you can make the mesh, 
So it's the army going to the Olympics. That would be great. Okay, very briefly, the Seven Network and SBS have snared the first honour of the 2008 Beijing Olympic Games. Uh, Seven will cover uh, the opening and closing ceremonies, track and field, swimming, rowing, cycling, gymnastics, and any other sports featuring Australians. And SBS will have everything else, uh, such as uh, football, road cycling, volleyball, and table tennis. Oh, fantastic. Um, except uh, we will, of course, get screwed uh, on the timing um, of the swimming because of US pressure to hold the finals in the morning so that it suits them. In a related story, the <laughs> the army is to do a big advertising push in several shows, including Rove, The Simpsons, that South Park, which screens on SBS, and uh, uh, to try and uh, push for new recruits. Uh, they're also going to be invading chat rooms of particularly South Park. And they're sending troops into the chat rooms. Apparently so. And, uh, and trying, to, uh, trying to lure young, impressionable teens what? onto their website with army-style gaming. What, what, what are they going to do? Are they, oh, so... Uh so, wasn't that South Park episode funny? Want to join the army? Yeah, exactly. Ah. <laughs> There's going to be, you know, Frankie. Gee, I really like that episode. Colonel Tom. <laughs> yes, it was very good. <laughs> uh, it was interesting, though, last night uh, on Rove, there were a couple of anti-terrorism ads. It's good to see the uh, government winding up uh, terrorist <laughs> paranoia again um, for the for the young kiddies. But it's also another reason to uh, watch Family Guy as opposed to South Park or The Simpsons. Was this... Uh, these these ads, are they terrorism? Dear Australia says dear. no. I, I don't know. Were they what? I, I'd like to see a whole, a whole, you know, varied Australia says no campaigns. So ah. Terrorism, Australia says no. Littering, Australia says no. He said he had a bomb... In his locker at school, but that's not terrorism. Yes, it is. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah that would work really nicely. By the way, speaking of South Park and Family Guy, which Brett just brought up, quite an interesting. Not that I've delved in at all on No, the no, but I've been waiting for it. Quite an interesting. Because I'm a fan of both shows. Let, him, don't finish, think, I don't, let him finish his sentence. I don't see it as an either or. Quite an interesting discussion going on on the blog at the moment, if you want to be involved. It started off whether, between whether Family Guy was funny than South Park or vice versa and has kind of tripped off into... Didn't years. it start off with Family Guy's funny? It, it, it's kind of tripped off into South Park is right-wing propaganda, apparently so, uh, and is, is pushing conservative politics from the US. And very interesting points along those lines. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you're interested in having a look and making some comments, hooray at boxcutters.net. Well, no, or just at bo- boxcutters.net. boxcutters.net. Oh, yeah. You can read it on the blog. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's there's true. a there's a new uh, a new topic called uh, South Park versus Family Guy. If you uh, search for that, and I should them. just mention the uh, Coonan talking parrot. Yes, doll. popped up on the internet, but it's sold out already. Oh, it's sold out. Yes. Really? Yeah. Really, I was wondering who would want to buy something that looks so shit. <laughs> really, I thought it looked great. <laughs> the photoshopping was intentional. <laughs> I thought it looked fantastic. <laughs> Did you manage to get one? I think I, I think I bought them all out. Right. How many did we have for sale? Uh, 72. Right. That's a shame. That's a shame. And that is the Box Cutters News. This is uh, Jess McGuire, and you're listening to the lovely men of Box Cutters, who are always here to helpfully inform you of any existence of photos of Britney Spears giving birth on all fours, clutching lion's heads. Love nothing better. Download the hell out of it. The Logies nominations have been announced, and uh, there are 28 
people up for the gold Logie. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. I mean, complaining about the Logie Awards is it's kind of a bit superfluous. I mean, it's it's done by TV Week, so it's essentially it's uh, it's by lunkheads and it's voted on by bogans. So. What you, you get what you pay for, basically. Yeah, it's it's always going to be a bit of a travesty. Uh, my problem with the Logies is when it makes a mockery of TV, which it does quite often. Uh, Natalie Blair has been receiving a lot of complaints. She is uh, she's a Neighbours actress, right. and she's been nominated for the Gold Logie this year. And uh, people are saying, "Oh, that's an outrage! Who is this Natalie Blair? How can she get nominated?" She's a neighbours actress. I mean, she she plays the most illogically young and pretty nun in existence on Neighbours. I think that's her. She's a nun. She's a nun. Uh, I, I mean, Kylie Minogue was nominated. There's there's a long list of of well, idiots who've is, been nominated for a Gold is, Logie. The Gold Logie is the most popular personality on television. Exactly. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with talent. Nope. It has everything to do with popularity. Well, that's an interesting point because evidently it has nothing to do with being on television either. (laughs) Nominated again for the 50 billionth year in a row is Mr. John Wood. Now, can you explain to me why he is on? Is he on because he's he's the voice of the industry super ads? So essentially he's been nominated for a gold logie for telling the world that industry super benefits members. Wind me, dine me. Five minutes. And I'm not going <laughs> to... I didn't take the offer up last time. I'm not taking it up this time, Brett. <laughs> no, what, the, the show was on for five minutes. He was also in that Outback thing. I mean, it's... Who cares? It's ridiculous. I don't think Wyoming Diamond's been on yet. Yeah. Series one screened. It was on at like five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. It's, that's peak viewing time. <laughs> that's... I, you're entirely right, and this this reminds me of a, a story about last year's Emmy nominations, mm-hmm. where Ellen Burstyn was nominated for Best Actress uh, for a, a telly movie that she did, in which she appeared for 18 seconds. <laughs> right. So, I, I think what happens is the people in charge of nominations mm-hmm. are lazy and don't care. Yeah. So, they had no idea. That well, firstly, you know, in the on the Emmys, they had no idea that Ellen Burstyn was only in that uh, in that film for for eighteen seconds because they didn't bother watching the film; they just looked at the cast list. Yeah, and went, ah, Ellen Burstyn, she's an excellent actress. Let's uh, let's, let's nominate, nominate her. her. Mm. Same with John John Wood. They, they go, well, okay, John Wood's been on television this year. He's always been up for a gold logie. Let's put him up for a gold logie. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Well, I've got another problem, and that's with the most popular category. Most popular actor, actress, I can understand that. There's People are allowed to like whatever they like. Most popular program surely is defined by the ratings. You don't need to yeah. have an award for most popular program. No, no, no. The but, one that has the most ratings. Brett, you can't I'll speak base, slowly. So try and follow my logic here. You can't base the anything show, on the ratings. Okay, the show wait, wait, wait. The, Ross, Ross has the conch. Yes. <laughs> Two sides of my brain are fighting over this. <laughs> <laughs> the show with the biggest audience is the most popular. No. End of story. Well, yes. End of story. Yes, but that's not what the ratings tells us. It's it's what we accept the ratings to tell us. No, no, it's what advertisers accept the ratings tell us because they they don't have an option. I'm going to take this one step further. A show that has been axed 
can't be the most popular show. It is absolutely ridiculous. A show that has been axed, by definition, didn't have enough audience to allow it to continue. And what's what about if it's, what about if, it's uh, if it's built popularity over time, like Futurama? That that can't be nominated because it's it's not an Australian no, 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 program. No, no. I'm just giving giving an example. Okay, it was it was axed and then it built popularity on on DVD. Uh, and if that happened within the same year, then clearly it could still be the most popular because people didn't get a chance to watch it. That's but we're not talking about Futurama. We're talking about the stupid Blue Healers show, which wasn't even on this year and is still nominated for best. No, it when was. was it, it was. It was on up until February. 2006. No, it's crap. I'll tell you what else is crap. Backyard Blitz, most popular show. Again, it can't be the most popular show. It didn't have an audience. It got axed. Get over it, Don Burke. We don't want to see your <laughs> ugly mug up there saying, oh, this, yeah, that'll show you Channel 9 for axing such a popular show. But, Ross. What? It's the Logies. The AEC isn't running the voting on the Logies. Yeah, but they it's should have they should have different names for categories, like with Blue Healers, most popular show people <laughs> pretended to watch, or uh, or very well liked show. Like if they if they had those names for it, or show that people would like to vote for, but not necessarily watch. Well, the voters, I'm sure, will decide if uh, they don't they don't think that Blue Healers should be in there. Then they just won't vote for it. But if they do think that it should be in there, then, and they vote for it, then... Should I remind you, we're who, talking about... Who are we to, to question its nomination? Should I remind you, we're talking about TV Week readers well, exactly. at this point. So, at this point. so why are you putting so much emphasis on the importance of the Logies? The other one, most popular new female talent, Brooke Hansen, the swimmer. She's nominated because she's just got onto What's Good For You. She's been in about two episodes so far. Now, if it was most popular ex-swimmer muddling through a ridiculous patronising pile of crap show, yes, <laughs> then she deserves the nomination. Otherwise, no. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I don't. I, I still don't understand your point, Ross. <laughs> in the silver, in the in the TV week silver sunrise, Logie. Three of the five people are from Sunrise. Melissa Doyle, David Kosh, and Grant Denyer. Is that and uh, best Sunrise presenter? Best, best Sunrise presenter. So I don't know what Will Anderson and Rove are doing in there. <laughs> so what is this is a silver logie for best light entertainment presenter? Is Most that? popular presenter. Most popular presenter. Right. You see, I can understand that. Will Anderson could be the most popular presenter, even though his show had the smallest audience. I can understand that. You can't have the Glass House nominated for anything. It didn't have a big enough audience. Yeah. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. The Glass House wasn't taken off because of poor ratings. The Glass House was taken off so the ABC could fund something else, uh, which has turned out to be the big, big, big gig reject. You are such an ABC apologist. No, I'm not. No, that, that's, <laughs> that's exactly the opposite of what I am. That's I'm, all- I'm saying that, that the ABC in spite of the ratings of the glass house, ripped it off. You just kiss up to the ABC any <laughs> chance you get, Brett. No, no, it was an idiotic decision. Now he's calling apologist, me an idiot. Apologist. Now he's calling me an idiot. He did is. you hear that? I did, I did. Outrageous. You better Are you be done? A, you better be a Josh apologist. Are you done? After calling him an idiot. 
Are you one of those that follows the answer? Follows, 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 follows the answer. Now I can talk as much as I want. Got this sly look, sly look, sly look. Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. Uh, somewhere along the lines, I, I thought I heard Ellen DeGeneres saying, geez, I'd hate to be following that. <laughs> I don't buy it. Two women are sitting on a park bench eating a snack. Ah. One of them is eating from a tub of yogurt mm-hmm. and the other eating a cereal bar of some kind. Mm. So it's not defined what sort of cereal bar it is. An ill-defined cereal An ill de- bar. Maybe a muesli bar. Maybe a K-twist. Mm. <laughs> maybe a Cadbury brunch bar. Possibly. <laughs> Did you just make that up? No, really? seriously. Yeah. It, it exists. Yes. What's in yes. a Cadbury I've, brunch? I've done bar? some graphic design. Wait, for wait a minute. This isn't, this isn't part of Brett lies. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, we haven't. As I told you, I don't have any any content for it. Didn't have any content. It'll be back next week. Okay. For those listeners on the edge of their seats. Anyway, a delivery van pulls up to to the two two women who are in the park, and the driver walks over to the women. He checks his clipboard and announces that he has a delivery of calories for the woman eating the cereal bar. Mm -hmm. She declares that her bar was, quote, light, but the delivery man won't hear it. He has his delivery. He has his delivery to give, and he's just doing his job. Mm-hmm. Why is she messing with him doing his job? <laughs> then the bar woman asks if her friend is getting a delivery, and she's not. Apparently, she's eating a special kind of diet brand yogurt. Ah. I can't remember the names of the brands. It's not a very good ad. <laughs> uh, the bar woman then looks as hopeful as possible, asks if she can choose where the calories go, and the delivery man tells her that according to his sheet, they're going straight to her thighs. Hilarity ensues. Well, I'm sure she wasn't very um, laughing. La- <laughs> <laughs> hilarified. I'm sure, I'm sure she wasn't very hilarity. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think I think hilarity is meant to ensue for us at home. Ah, she uh, she runs off and cries. I think in the ad. Now, the, the problem I have with this ad is that can I just point out the two women look freakishly similar? Yes, yes, much like you and Brett sound. Mm. <laughs> uh, the. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm so confused now. Uh, so this is an ad for the diet yogurt. Yep. Now, what this ad is telling me is that the diet yogurt has no calories. Possibly. Which makes it completely irrelevant as a foodstuff. Complete, why would oh, you no, no, bother no. ingesting something that had absolutely no calories in it whatsoever? Because it fills your belly and you don't eat other more calorific items. <laughs> That's a word. But, but so, so, does, but, so, okay. does, so does drinking five glasses of water before you have dinner. Yes. Yeah. Right? But why? Why would you go and buy something that gives you no nutritional value? Uh, no, 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 no. It says it doesn't give you energy. It doesn't say that it doesn't give you any nutrition. Okay. What nutrition could it have in it? Yogurt. Fiber. That's not nutritional value. That's just fiber. That'll fill you up and go straight through you. Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> if, it's, if it's got calcium in it, then the breaking down of the calcium is going to release energy. Does it really is, say it's got zero calories? No. The ad, the delivery man says that she's getting no calories, that only her friend eating the cereal bar is getting calories. Well, it's, it's slightly um, um, untrue. But this is it. This is my point. <laughs> They're lying here. Of course the yogurt woman is going to get calories. Of course she's eating yogurt. 
It has calories in it. Don't make us think that this food has no calories in it and therefore we won't get fat if we eat 29 tubs of it in one day. She's just having one for lunch. But that's not the implication. <laughs> the implication is that it has no calories. You know what? I, at, at the risk You're of, such a yogurt apologist. <laughs> <laughs> at the risk of upsetting you, I... I, I I think this is quite a clever ad. Really? I think it's shit. I don't I, buy I it. I think it's quite clever. How is it clever? It, it, it's clever because it, it makes its point very nicely. And that, the point that people is that don't... people don't understand how many calories breakfast bars have. Yeah. And that, and that this if, if you're eating something purely because you're watching your figure, not because you want any nutrition from it or whatever, just because you're hungry and you need a snack and you're watching your figure, the yogurt is a much better choice than the bar. Now, whether that's true or not, I, th- I think it's a clever ad. Really? The woman eating the bar, she could go for a jog. <laughs> Let her go for a jog. Burn those calories off. Meanwhile, non-calorie woman is just atrophying in the corner. <laughs> from a non-scientific point of view, I think it's quite a clever ad. Uh, see, I can't watch it from a non-scientific and point of view. Don't, ah. People don't want to have to go for a jog. If they can, if they can have a tub of yogurt that makes them feel just as full, then why not have that? And to, I, quote, I, to quote my mother, it's a nice day, go outside. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think people don't understand, I, don't, I think people don't understand calories. I think if you say light, it's like, it's like when you've got lollies that say fat free. That's fine. There is no fat in lollies. There's heaps of sugar. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, but people go, oh, 99% fat free. I can eat six bags of them. But all this ad is doing is furthering that ignorance of people about calories. Yeah, but they're just trying to sell yogurt. And I think in that way it'll work. I'm not buying that yogurt Uh. because it has no nutritional value. (laughs) I buy light yogurt. I don't buy it. It's been quite a feisty box cutters it or it's been getting faster and faster which is uh, a perfect lead in to let's go for a kick of the footy we'll yes be great. to uh to the new show footy classified uh this is channel nine show and they announced it when they announced this whole thing of we're going to be the network for footy even though we're not showing any of the footy and which is also what channel seven said a few years ago yeah yeah and, well, and which was what uh, brought about the footy show in yes, the beginning. Yes, and but uh, t- to their credit, Channel 9 are making a fairly good fist of it yes. at this point. Uh, now, the advanced word on this show was that it was going to be similar to the great Channel 7 show of 10 years or so ago or so, the uh, Talking Talk, Footy. Talking Footy. What a fantastic show that was. Yeah. So Bruce McAvaney, Bruce Tim McAvaney Watson. and Caroline Wilson. Uh, roving panels uh, at different times. They also had Lee Matthews and Malcolm Blight. Very informed people, very low-key show. So low-key that the set was like a lounge room. Yeah. Uh, and it was just it was just like sitting around with your friends discussing footy. A if, bit like our set, which you'll see on the video podcast. Yeah, exactly. There is no video podcast. If, if, you, if your friends were a little better informed. Well, if, if your friends were the coaches and captains of football teams and they actually talked to them about footy, not about stouches, not about uh, getting drunk at, at pubs, not yep. trying to dress them up as women and yep. kiss Sam Newman. Yep. For those reasons and more that Josh has just said, uh, Nine's footy coverage tends to be the antithesis of everything that is talking footy. Uh, it, it's all scoops and scandals and, and hyperbole and, and nonsense. So, uh, so I really wasn't too, wasn't too thrilled about the prospect of this new uh, footy classified show. 
having watched the first episode, I have to say it's no talking footy and it's all the better for it. It, it is like an hour-long brawl <laughs> with ad breaks. They've got uh, two reporters, two footy reporters, Caroline Wilson and Craig Hutchison on the panel, as well as ex-players Gary Lyon and Wayne Carey. And in the first show, before the intros had even been done, they were all fighting. Uh, Caro was getting stuck into Wayne Carey about the stabilising comments he'd made about the North Melbourne Football Football Club and the timing of those comments. Uh, Carey countered with uh, getting stuck into Caro about her handling of Lance Whitnell and what he's been doing. Uh, Everybody got stuck into Craig Hutchison for his... For being a knob. (laughs) (laughs) For his voyeuristic stalking of Fallen Eagle Ben Cousins, where he followed him to the US and followed him around for a day, filming him secretly before he before he went into rehab. Uh, and this, this just kind of went on and on. And this was all before the first ad break. <laughs> then after the ad break, they had uh, Wayne Carey face off with current North Melbourne coach Dean Laidley, who is a former teammate of Wayne Carey and who Kerry was making all the comments about. They had them both in the studio together facing off. And it was, it was amazing television. I mean, Laidley couldn't even look at Kerry, and Kerry just sat there brooding and, and hulking over him like this enormous oversized stuffed bully that he is. Like, it was, it was just fantastic television. Um, it was, Are you going to talk about Beat the Press? Well, no, and then came Beat the Press, which... <laughs> beat, beat the Press, where you have uh, two members of the press, in this case, Craig Hutchison and Caroline Wilson, meeting two members of the... No, th- the three sorry, on three, yeah. Sorry, th- and I can't remember who the third person is was. Some, some uh, uh, writing journalist, yep. so, some newspaper journalist, uh, and three uh, coaches, I think it was, from AFL teams. Uh, and the, the idea was that the press would get their chance to ask questions, and then the coaches would get their chance to ask questions of... Uh, of the press, you know, why did you cover it in this way? How how did that go about? Uh, and uh, and who's who's the host? Who was uh, Gary Lyon? Gary Lyon. Gary Lyon was supposed to kind of adjudicate and say, okay, you've had your turn. Now it's the turn of within probably twenty seconds. The coaches just start going Caro, yep, and, and going. Well, how can you seriously say that? And it, it's just, and it was just an attack. It was like cockfighting. Yep, it was. But fantastic! I couldn't, I couldn't turn away. No, no, it was riveting stuff. And the the amazing thing was, it was just, it was so well done. When when TV usually does this kind of thing, it either is unscripted and it kind of fizzes out, where one person kind of sits in the corner and doesn't say anything like they're expecting, or or it comes across as being very contrived and scripted and you know trying to trying to cause trouble or whatever. But this this show had uh, had none of that. And if it can continue in this vein. Uh, it's going to be quite a good show. The, I, I think they'll be tempted to beat it up, you know, to beat up stories if they if they're not getting any scandals that week. I think they'll try and create something. Well, if which would let it down a bit. If that's what they want, my my reading of it was that this was entirely unintentional. Oh, okay. I I kind of I kind of felt like uh, that's just 
they had no idea that this was going to happen. And uh, and then this week, and I'm quite looking forward to tonight's show. We're recording this on a Monday and it airs Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this week there's going to be some kind of electronic buzzer attached to <laughs> each of the people so that when they're, when they're getting a little bit out of hand, they're just going to be buzzed by the executive <laughs> producer a little bit and told to calm down. Um, yeah, you see, I'm not sure you're right on that because the, the panellists have an obvious dislike of one another. True. Uh, especially Carey and Caroline Wilson. They well, it seems like no one in football likes Caroline Wilson. No, that's true. And and they they didn't have any problem any problem going after Hutchinson either. I mean, Gary Lyon comes off as as his usual nice guy, but everybody else was going fully onto everybody else. Oh, this is what I didn't mention about beat the press. Yeah, was that uh, about halfway through Gary Lyon starts going Caroline Wilson. Yep. Even though he's supposed to be the adjudicator. Yep. <laughs> he starts going Caroline Wilson and and. Uh, and Kara's explaining her reasons for doing a story the way that she did it. Uh, and Gary Lyons going, well, no, how, how can you do that? And all I'm doing is sitting there going, well, Gary, you see, that's the difference between a journalist and a footy player who's made it to television. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, and both Wilson and Hutchinson are, are a, very t- a very specific type of reporter. They're like dogs with a bone when they get a story. And they're both exclusive, hungry and scandal-loving. And they both have very definite ideas on what they think the public deserves to know, which in, in, in itself will make great television. Kerry, on the other hand, Kerry has a mouth roughly as big as his ego and he isn't slowed down by trivial things like thinking. <laughs> So, uh, so that's going to be uh, that's going to be great television as well. Uh, I'm, I think generally word of mouth on this show has been very positive, and hopefully that'll build its audience because on Monday night in Melbourne it was beaten by Boston Legal. Oh, really? Which is uh, which is saying that it really didn't do too flash. But I think I think word of mouth will build the show. I think, like I said at the start, it is no talking footy, but it's it's something completely different, and and. It, has the capacity to be very exciting. And and I don't think we're ever going to get talking footy again. No. I, I think I think we have moved past that uh, as as a people. Uh, and just have to let that go. Footy confidential is classified. Sorry, classified is uh, is is very entertaining. Yes. So that's I, f- I don't learn so much. <laughs> I don't learn nearly as much about the game as I learned from talking footy. But I am a lot more entertained. Yeah. So that's uh, Footy Classified, and it's on at 10.40 on a Monday night. Hi, I'm Ryan Shelton, Box Cutters' favourite ever guest, and uh, I've really enjoyed myself on Box Cutters, so listen as much as you can, because I'll be having it on loop on my iPod. Ryan Shelton appeared on Rove last night. Yes. Or last Sunday night, I should say. He appeared for for a, a a few sketches. Uh, he's been on Rove before, but last night was the first time that he's had his name mentioned. Ah, and, and just, uh, was on a satellite link up uh, from the most easterly point in Australia. Just before, as opposed to eastery point in Australia. <laughs> just before you go on with your review, what's Ryan doing now? Because Real Stories hasn't been renewed. I don't think. No, they were never going to do another series. They were never going to do another of Real okay. Stories. Okay. Oh, really? And. Uh, um, Hamish Lenny and, and Squirrel. What's their name? <laughs> Len- Len- Hamish and Len, Len, Hamish and or Andy are both uh, on... Uh, are doing very well for themselves on... Uh, on radio. Radio. And, uh, also, and they're also part of the main cast of Rove. Yes. Uh, although they weren't on the second episode. Uh, but he's, he's always going to have rev, uh, revolving guests, isn't he? It's not going to be the same people every show. Well, I don't know. Everyone else was the same. You had uh, Carrie Bickmore, uh, Peter Hellier, Dave Hughes. Okay. Uh, but Hamish and Andy weren't there. 
Okay. And uh, and I don't know what that was about. Uh, but let's talk about the show having come back as, as it has. Yes, there's uh, new studios. Uh, they've moved from Nunawading into Coventry Street in South Melbourne, which, uh, as we reported last year, Global Television have taken over mm-hmm. uh, as Seven moves its focus down to Docklands. It's got a new name. Uh, previously it had been Rove Live. Now it's just Rove. Full stop. <clears throat> which uh, happened... As opposed to Arrow. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to Arrow and as opposed to just Rove, which it was on Channel 9. Now it's Rove, full stop. So it's Rove. Yeah. Full stop. Which is a fragment. Whereas, but has it ever been Rove? No. <laughs> no. No, I don't think it has. Next year, when they have even, to revamp. Even if it was Rove, they wouldn't have had the question mark on there anyway. That's true. Mm. That's true. Mm. Um, it's also got a new set, which gives less of an impression that it's being shot in a concrete floored shed. Uh, and it also makes the stage feel shallower and gives it a more intimate feeling, which is quite nice. It's lit by the same people, though, I reckon. You think it's because I've I, always found Rove to be a little dark for my taste. With, I with just, just with the lighting, I not find, with the humour. I find this darker. I find this to, to be a lot darker than last. But do you remember the very first episode of Rove when he went to ten? No, they had Bert on, and people were ringing in saying, "Who was that person?" We couldn't see him. Yeah, because this is uh, this is very. It was it, really dark. Uh, this is very dark as well, and because they had a blue set and now they've got a brown set, mm-hmm. I think it needs to be it's lit a, lot a more completely earthy different way and, and warm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've also always found, and I'm not sure technically what the deal is. It looks almost like it's shot on NTSC. There's a there's a really weird. Oh, no, this is the, this is this video. is what they do with uh, with a lot of video now on television. We've, we've talked about this on. Uh, on box cutters before, where they take the video image and put it through a filter to make it look a little bit more filmy. Uh, try to try to Where, whereas it just looks like a dodgy convert from NTSC to PAL, uh, like on a lot of American footage that we get. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. But it's it's that's been done deliberately. Is my understanding. Hmm. I'm not sure. I like it. I'm not sure they should do it. Uh, Carrie Bickham right, is doing right the news at the top of this show. I'll, uh, Jennifer Kite on Tonight Live with Steve Weiser. Now, now, sorry, can I just ask you, what, what's with that? Well, they've, they've what, done What's the, with having news? Well, they did, the news, they did the news last year, and it's not news news, obviously. It's jokes. It's news and then a joke off the news. It's jokes. It's not news, it's jokes. Uh, and they did that last year, and that would uh, happen around about the 15, 20-minute mark of, of the show. Uh, this year they've bumped it right up to the to the top of the show, and then they talk to Carrie after it. Uh, now Carrie's a great newsreader, and she delivers she delivers these jokes really well because they're written for a newsreader. They're not written for for a joke teller, and she just reads them straight off the teleprompter, does them straight, and uh, and keeps going. Uh, as a as a desk spot, yeah, I don't buy it. Mm. It's a little bit soft. Well, I, I'm I'm feeling it's actually snappier and and kind of moves much much more quickly into the next segment, which is uh, Pete Helley's regular slots, Pete Space, uh, which is another uh, avenue for quick jokes. Um, it's about his top eight friends, and uh, kind of kind of a, a take on MySpace. Yeah. Uh, which, I, I don't get MySpace, but anyway, keep going. But I actually find both of those segments quite punchy, uh, and, and it's quickly out of the way, so, just, so it doesn't really matter. But just on the news again, I mean, that's a, that's a real Saturday Night Live thing, isn't it, that they, that they do this kind of this... Norm MacDonald out of the news the, the Foss. Saturday Night the Live, Foss. the D-Gen also did it. Uh, yeah. It's I a, just... Eh. Anyway, go on. Uh, you know what? 
there are there are only a few kinds of jokes for a for a variety show like yep. this. Yep. Uh, and I don't think it matters if you're doing the same concept as somebody else yep. if the jokes are different and the jokes are good. Uh, and on the news, say there are six jokes and three of them are good. That's all right by my book. Okay. Okay. I'm just not sure. I, 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 uh, yeah, to me, I'm jumping to Gunning Big, but to me, the whole show just seemed a bit like Rove, like old Rove. I didn't really see any difference, so it didn't really interest me. But I just, I just don't find the, the, the news concept as a funny one. But uh, like I it, said, it, it, it's a well honed, it's done with lots of things. So, and I, I, yeah. I have to say, I thought, it, I thought it worked better when it was later in the show. Okay. Yep. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, once the audience has had a chance to warm up to the show, yep. find out what's going to be on, uh, meet meet some of the regulars and, yep. uh, you know, have a little chat. And then, oh, it's the news. It, yep. it kind of uh, was a, a delimiter for the uh, for the show. And now that's that's gone. But, Brett, you're, you're saying you really yes. like it. That's so, punchy. And- yeah, I, I think it's quick. And, and if you don't like it, then it's only going to be, five, well, less than five minutes. Yep. Uh, before it gets rolling into the show proper, where uh, you could take up most of that time in Rove Live with just Rove coming out and starting his monologue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, Carrie Bickmore, she doesn't have the—I don't think she has the charisma to, to carry off that uh, that little chatty bit after the news. I don't mind it. Okay. Uh, this, so Michelle Laurie. This. <laughs> well, this is where personal. Kick no, up. you know, you could, you, could say, you could say everything with, with Rove is, is going to be personal with me because I've, I've worked on the show. But, uh, no, looking at the stuff that Michelle Laurie did on Rove Live last year in that, in that segment, which, which is pretty much the same as... as I thought the, she was doing the news, Michelle Laurie. No, no, Michelle Laurie. Car- Carrie Bickmore was doing the news, but Michelle Laurie would come on and do she a desk like spot the at the beginning. Corinne when Corinne left. Okay, I'm with you. I'm uh, and... And there, there are just no laughs in the Carrie Bickmore bit. There are no laughs. It's a comedy show. Where are the laughs? That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'm not sure if there is a larger pool or, or if it's just going to be Hamish and Andy and uh, Ryan Shelton, but uh, they're doing prepared pieces. Um, prepared. Prepared, not prepared. <laughs> or pre-prepared. I was, I was <laughs> considering going. Uh, but but other, otherwise it just sounded like... Two yeah, before <laughs> that were done earlier. Beforehand, someone's put two things together, <laughs> which I think augurs well for the variety uh, to come in this season. Better than Corinne Grant uh, kind of just travelling around the country and doing the same thing, whatever town she was in. Uh, basically, what about it? What what I like about the new Rove is that it seems to be a return to the original Rove show, which was screened on Channel Nine just after he moved from Channel Thirty One in the loft. I'd miss the kids on the couch when it moved to Channel 10, uh, where previously Pete Hellier, Corinne Grant and Dave Callan were lined up uh, off camera, but uh, any time they came up with something clever, they'd, I don't know, ring a bell and, and the camera would shoot over to them and they'd say it. Um, but uh, rather than having static co-hosts, they're actually kind of just putting a bit of a pile-up of the guests that uh, go in and uh, finish their interviews. See, see again... And uh, and and call me devil's advocate, if you will. A, a bunch of people sitting just off the side on couches. How does that work in the show? D- d- well, and here's another thing: it didn't work. They got rid of it. Why did they bring it back? What they got rid of it when when and I'll get to this. <laughs> I have a well structured review here. But okay, okay, okay. You know, he's 
Evil, Brett, e- evil side of my brain. Keep going. <laughs> just Brett's, Brett's pre-paired something. <laughs> I don't think we should. Uh, we should really. You know, it's a, it's a we, once you in don't a lifetime. Think we should in- no. interrupt. This, no. <laughs> <laughs> this week, Beyonce was on a, a satellite hookup for an interview, but thankfully, it was pre-recorded earlier in the week and edited down, so that the painful satellite lag was removed. And the interview overall was much punchier, with clips scattered throughout. Uh, with Rove in a control room, so it's a very casual, um, which uh, gave it more intimacy and also meant that he didn't have to shout across the, to a big widescreen plasma TV on the yep. stage and also not uh, have to do that over the top of the audience, mm-hmm. um, which is a great way to handle the international interviews and yep. uh, hopefully that'll continue. Speaking of the audience, if it weren't for the occasional big boom shots into and out of the ads, um, you'd almost imagine there was a bit of a panel kind of audience or, or the original Hey Ads that day kind of audience. Um, it sounds really small, and it sounds the, like they're the, not there being was overhyped. No, there was no audience in the original Hey Hey Saturday. What? It was it was cast and crew and yep. friends and stuff, um, which... Uh, it, it it once again makes the new Rove uh, have a more intimate feel. But surely detracts from the laughs. Well... Or so, so detracts from the size I think the, of the laughs. I think the audience from Rove Live out in Nunawadding were, were just getting flashed in the applause sign way too much. Like, it was, it was all about we're, we're freaking, you know, kind of American Jerry Springer-type audience... Reaction rather State than of the union rather than an audience a true a true audience response I, I to something that's funny or something that they want to show their appreciation. I find everything you're saying, Brett, really really interesting because it's it's almost completely the opposite to to what I've been feeling while watching it. Uh, mm. I've I've been feeling like it's rather than intimate, a little bit claustrophobic. I've been finding that uh, interviewing the the so guests, finding the set kind of oppressive. Yeah. I think I think Brown doesn't work well. I, th- I don't think it worked well for the Daryl Summers show. I don't think it works well for Rove. Uh, the uh, doesn't work well for Mud either. No, the- <laughs> <laughs> but Mud's not trying to get an audience. <laughs> not be- the Mud, you know. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I see it popping up everywhere. <laughs> the uh, uh, the the interviews with the guests, uh, where he's doing them at the desk now. Mm-hmm. I just I, I feel that's quite. Quite a, a very different dynamic to. Uh, well, he did some at the desk on Rove no, Live. No, what he, what he used to do on Rove Live is have the desk spot, which is what Pete and Michelle used to do, and then the the guests, the the big international guests or the the stars, if you will, would uh, would be on the armchairs. And okay. Big Brother Evictees were they stars? Because they were never given the couch on Rove Live. No, they're, they're not stars. Okay. Well, <laughs> get them on, get them off as quickly I, as possible. I think Channel Ten might differ on that. Yeah, that doesn't matter. It, it's it's about it's about the show and and about trying to get something interesting and and nice out of uh, out of the guests that you've got something a little a little bit funny, uh, which I don't think. For instance, if we think back to the fantastic interviews with Matt Damon that we've seen on that we saw on Rove Live, so I, I didn't think, get to see it. I, Rove Live did, did wasn't it doesn't wasn't let me finish my point. Yeah. I think a, a lot of that a lot of that openness came because there wasn't anything between the two of them. Having a desk between an interviewer and a guest really really changes up the dynamic a lot. But they actually get closer if if they if the guest is up on the desk. 
Like you actually have have a, a, a lot less space head to head than you do in um, chairs or a couch. Yeah, and and yet there's a lot less that you can get out of someone if there if there's a barrier between the two of you. Precedent again, though, like you were saying, the news precedent. Lots of talk shows have the desk format. Yes, except... Most talk shows have the desk format. Except if you have a look at Letterman and you have a look at... Uh, uh, what's it? Conan O'Brien? Mm-hmm. The comfy chairs? They're not, the they're not sitting with the desk between them. The guest is on the mm. side. Well, they've got the arm chair arm it, between them. It, it doesn't matter. I think it, it's, a, it's, a big, uh, it's a big barrier to opening up for, for an interview. And, and trust me, you know, I, I, I say this out of experience. I know that uh, when there's a barrier between, between an interviewer and an interviewee, uh, there's a lot less that you can get out of them. And yes, they might be closer physically, like their heads might be closer, but that physical barrier uh, is, is huge. And is this the problem you have with Brett? Because the two of you have the desk between you, whereas you and I have this, uh, have this, are on the same side of the desk. I don't think it's time for me to talk about my problems with Brett. <laughs> the, uh, so, so that's, I mean, it, it, that's just basic human nature. You're not going to get get through that and if we I'm look- not sure Larry King I mean I think there's a lot of instances where you you get delving truth from interview subjects over a desk really I've yeah. never seen delving truth on Larry King really never never okay well overall for me it's a much more watchable offering from Rove and I suspect is down to him having more creative say in the production of the show. Probably is conditioned to take the show to Sunday nights when he originally moved to Channel 10. Uh, my impression was he'd sold out his artistic integrity to remain on TV um, and become Channel 10's Daryl Summers in the bad later years of Hey Hey It's That Day in order to uh, remain there. Sure, it got him three logies, but I'm thankful that he's gone back to his roots stylistically and hope that the audience are intelligent enough to appreciate a talk show that doesn't use the sledgehammer to entertain. Oh, that's Lots of love, Brett Crawford. <laughs> no, that, that's interesting. So you, you really feel there's, there's a big difference I, and a big return to root. Yep, yep. Right. And, and, and you... It's, it's a lot more like and it have, was on Channel 9 and that's when I thought that, that's when that you really Rove was gold. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, I have issues with it, but I also think that... Uh, do, do you see the similarities to when it was on 9? No. No, I don't. I think there, there were a lot more sketches when it was on Channel Nine. It was a lot. It was a much lighter feel. This feels like a very serious show to me, mm. and uh, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll keep watching it because I'm really interested to see how it's going to develop through throughout the year. They have tried to, and, and this is the first time in a long time where they've really tried to change up what is essentially a very staid uh, style of show. I mean, this, there's only yep. so many ways that you can do a variety talk show. Yep. Uh, so I am interested to see how it's going to go, and it's not, uh, I, you know, I I can't say that I think it's a bad show. I just I preferred it uh, last year. Okay, and speaking from a uh, from an as I said earlier, not a particular fan, from the little bits of it I've seen, it just looked the same. It looked the same as Rose ever looked. I think and it's much so, different from when it was at not a wedding. See, I, I, to me, it just looked the same. It just looked like Rove. I don't particularly find Rove or his entourage especially funny. I, I wasn't grabbed. I didn't keep watching. Right. Um, as we pointed out on the blog, uh, the opening episode got 1.68 million viewers. Huge 500, it won the night. Were in huge, Melbourne. Huge, huge it won the week. 
Um, and uh, shame it wasn't a ratings week. Last night's just got a touch under a mil, nine hundred ninety nine thousand. As you pointed out before the show, which is for Easter Sunday. Mm. Yeah, which is a uh, are always going to get small figures. Be, on be interesting Sunday. to see where it goes from here. And Up against Desperate Housewives, it will be, and against and not having a permanent starting time once Big Brother starts. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Well, yep. for the opening night of Big Brother, it's uh, scheduled 9 till 10. Yep, which I would bet dollars for donuts it won't be on before at least 9.30. Yeah, probably. La, we really la, didn't do a thing for this I was going to count. I had a list. I was going to count. We really didn't have Just quickly, a couple of quotes from Australia's Next Top Model. Now, is there a language warning for this? Oh, yes, there is. Thank you for reminding me. There are several language warnings. Mm. If you speak several languages, you are going to be offended. Uh, no, it's it's really they. Uh, one of the great things about Australia's Next Top Model, uh, or one of the terrible things I don't know, is they allow swearing on it. Uh, you, you get pretty much every single swear word you could possibly think of. Whereas in America's Next Top Model, you don't. Uh, that's pretty much the biggest difference. Right. Uh, so heaps of swearing in Australia's Next Top Model, but also. The girls, and we, we had a, a letter from Alex Boxcutter who was saying that Australia's next top model, not a patch on Australia's, on America's. Uh, I have to say, this season is a lot better so far than previous seasons of Australia's next top model. I think Erica Haynett's uh, good readings. Oh, that's interesting, because at first you weren't too keen on the new host. Well, I think, uh, I think Jodie Mears isn't great, but Erica Haynett's was heinous. Right. Hey. Uh, Zing! Because <laughs> uh, I was speaking to a girl who's been living in Germany for the last f- sort of six months or so, and I asked what TV she'd been watching over there, and she said, oh, not much. Mostly just Germany's next top model. <laughs> <laughs> but, see? Yeah. Franchise. It's, it's, a, it's a good franchise. Anyway, the, uh, the Australian girls uh, probably need to go to some finishing school. The walk away. You can't fuck yeah, away. Yeah, I know, but it's... And you're going to laugh. No, no but I just... Who's walking away now, you fuckwit? That's it. What a fucking whore. She can say anything she, she wants to me, but saying stuff about my mental health. She makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up so high that it looks like I'm a werewolf. She is a fucking ugly Darrow mole. She's fat. She's a size 16. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. That was, uh, that was from the first episode of Australia's Next Top Model, uh, which, uh, which aired uh, the week before last. Last week was episode two, and that uh, that girl Paloma, uh, who who said the thing about Cassie being a deromile, <laughs> and who was also crying about being mentally ill, has had a number of uh, breakdowns uh, on the show. A lot of them happen when there's housework to do. Uh, she'll she'll have a breakdown. Have a breakdown. She's sixteen years old. She's uh, a, an attention seeker, and, uh, and what. I know. Well, sixteen-year-old attention. As like Brett was saying before the show, it did sound like you just recorded something off the tram as you were coming in. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's 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 ridiculous. I mean, it's just it's just teenagers screaming at each other. Uh, anyway, Paloma uh, made herself some Milo. Oh, so if you want to just talk about communion shit, I helped out today, okay? It was a Milo, okay? I started to freak out over there. I knew he had a fucking panic attack. So I was 
so I'm sorry if I left my model on the bench. It won't happen again. Oh, I was sick of everyone blaming their fucking panic attacks. Like, yeah, I didn't clean up my mind because I went into my room and had a panic attack. There is no way in fucking hell you can have a panic attack over Milo. There is no way you would have a panic attack over Milo. Was she drunk? Oh, yeah. Because the over-18s are allowed to drink. The under-18s are not allowed to drink. Suck shit. Uh, so the under-18s can only have Milo, put them down on the, on the bench, not clean it up because they have to go and have a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> now, why aren't they using Big Brother-style uh, radio mics? I don't know. Because that I sounds it really, shocking. It, it sounds terrible. Admittedly, I got it off, I, I think, a, a dodgy download because it was too difficult to... Uh, it would have sounded worse if I'd taped it on VHS and, and put that on... Uh, but uh, but yes, that's uh, that's quotes for this week from Australia's Next Top Model. It's on Fox Eight on Tuesday nights at eight thirty. If you get a chance to watch it, there was a story around today. Uh, I assume the winner from the last season was involved in a cat fight in Darlinghurst in a pub in Darlinghurst and had to be dragged out by security. All oh, right, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. Yes, uh, that's fun. I I, uh, I might uh, check a link on the blog to that. Read it. You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. Letters to box cutters. Fantastic uh, sounds. Just quickly before we get on to letters, a, uh, a big thank you to Cat Brain on the blog who backed me up and said, yes, there definitely was a half hour version of Rockwiz okay. to start off with. Did she add suck shit bread? She didn't, no. Right. No. Well, but that's what I said, wasn't it? No! <laughs> no! No, it's not. I must also say that there was a comment saying that uh, I would forget that I ever said what I said. <laughs> yes. Uh, letters to Boxcars this week. We have a letter from Jared who says it's his first time emailing us, but he's a long-time listener. And he wanted to have a go at us about a spoiler. He said, what are you doing giving away juicy, amazing rates, quotes, pre-screening? I want to hear Myrna and Shmyrna fresh when I watch the show, not prior. You need to uh, cater to your Australian viewing public. And I, I think I uh, speak for all of us when I say, get stuffed, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I'm just kidding. I sent, I'm just kidding. I sent, I sent Jared an apology uh, saying, yes. you know, I didn't. I, of, of course, I never intentionally no. would, would give away a spoiler. And I actually uh, edited that segment down yes. to make sure that there was nothing that could give away yes. kind of what episode it was, what was happening. Yes. Uh, and... And of course, of course, I didn't mean to get stuffed, Jared. Uh, we won't therefore be doing any more Amazing Race quotes until they air here, which it's- is a bit of a pity because there was several Amazing Race quotes oh. in this week's episode. Uh, I know we've talked about it a lot on the show and said, watch it, watch it. I, uh, I laughed so hard at this week's episode, I almost choked. It was one of the funniest things I've seen on television it- in a long, long time. It was the bit when... No, I'm not no. going to give one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for your letter, Jared. I've, uh, I've got a letter here from Ruz. Ruz. First Ruz? time. Another first time. Another first time. Who's an Asian correspondent. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't pick up my spelling. Uh, he, uh, 
if if you'd been informed and uh, and hadn't done a Brett this week and actually bought in some letters, if I'd known that we were do- <laughs> actually, I tried I tried to bring in some letters. If and, you mean uh, if you'd known, I sent an email during the week saying that we were doing letters to box cutters did this you? week. I sh- sure enough did. I didn't get it. Really? Have you not? Really? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he wants to be our Asian correspondent, I think. Ah. That's what the uh, heading of his email said. Right. Anyway, we don't he, have an Asian correspondent. No, we don't. Uh, it, it'd be great to have one. He says, uh, hey, I've been listening since day one and I love your work. But how come there is no YouTube postage on the blog? There is one or two YouTube pieces uh, on there. Or at least there was a regular thing that we do. At least there wasn't when I checked the blog briefly for the first time today. See, you're getting at me for, for not having done my research. It's, clearly, Raz hasn't done his... Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. but he raises an interesting point. I don't, I I don't mean, think there's a correspondent's position open to somebody that's that shocking. <laughs> not, not for this show when we're so professional. <laughs> um, and, as, an expat, as an expat, I would love it if someone... If someone started ripping the TV over there and posting the juicy bits, which that, is that, fair enough. Yeah, that, and that, that's a good idea. Obviously, somebody more technologically proficient than myself. So if people want to start doing that on the blog, that would be great because it would be good to have examples of what we're talking about. And, and I'm sure there are bits and pieces up on YouTube. Without having to download the entire video podcast. And if not YouTube... There is no video podcast. <laughs> if not YouTube, uh, Channel 9 has just done its launched its own version of youtube called what? your cut i think i don't know anything other than the name your shots or um I'll, i think it's your i cut. had a look at it this afternoon yeah it's, anyway, it's some just kind of a reva, thing it's a reva site that they've skinned with their own stuff um reva, three reva of those done, words make sense to me reva uh, is a company that's done the online video stuff for some time right yeah, so they, it's not uh, vaporware no they no. <laughs> They also do the uh, online stuff, for, uh, the online video for Channel Ten, and uh, doesn't work. Ah, uh, interesting. Well, I had a look at a little flash thing today on the new Nine site. And, it wasn't very uh, flash, and it does say it's still in beta, and it was in flash, and it worked. Right. Well, the uh, the Channel Ten one doesn't um, work. Although some of the contents a little patchy because uh, it's a user upload area. Uh, and a letter from Chad. 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 Chad's written us many letters over the year, over the years. He was, he was, in fact, before anybody else was emailing us, we used to get many from Chad. Yes. Hi, guys. So maybe Mini Driver is this year's Jason Bateman. Who'd have thought he could pull off the lead in Arrested Development? But he did. Who'd have thought the commission could pull out the shield? And who'd have thought the guy from Angel could play a cop guy on Bones who seems to be exactly like Angel only with, only with a tan? <laughs> maybe one too far. A uh, bit of bit of a... That's an interesting point, though, that, that Mini Driver could be this year's Jason Bateman. Except I, I'd like to put my hand up and say I've always supported Jason Bateman's career. When he's needed an extra five bucks, I've always been there for him. <laughs> I, ever since It's Your Move, I've been a big fan of Jason Bateman's and I've watched him on... All of the 30, 35 different sitcoms he's appeared in one season of. Have you, have you seen the extras for season one for Arrested Development? Where he's sitting there talking to one of the other cast members, going through all the shows he's been on and basically just bagging them all. No, no, I, no, no, I haven't. Yeah. But that's, that's the thing. He's been on... He's just been on about, get eyes on this. Not very good. No, not no, very good. He's been on about 30... And he's, he's always been really talented, just never had the material to work with. Yep. So, uh, so Chad, I say, you know, maybe, except I've never thought that Mini Driver was talented. Mm. I've always wondered, was her name a joke? She, like a, it's not her... Does she drive a Mini? <laughs> I, it, it's her professional name. Yeah, I think, but, I think but, she has a different... Because her, her surname she, is Mouse. Did she take it on a dare? 
Why, why would somebody call themselves Mini Driver? I don't know. Her sister Laurie doesn't seem to have a problem. <laughs> nice. Or her brother Motorbike. <laughs> Chad also says, Rove was good. Better, in fact. I think the new approach will work well. Having multiple performers and keeping them on stage will hopefully add to the comedy of the show, not having to rely on just Rove and Pete and the celebrities. Uh, I don't know if you're joking about getting Rove on the show, but I, for one, would be interested to hear it. Well, we'll uh, we'll try to do that for you, Chad. Regards, Amundo, Chad. We'll uh, we'll we'll give it a go. I can't make any promises. I, I know that uh, it's always going to be very hard to to get someone like Rove onto the show, but we'll do our best. If uh, if you have any comments that you'd like to express to us, there are two ways open to you. You can email us hooray at boxcutters dot net, which is a great idea if you're sitting there yelling at the podcast, going no boxcutters, no, you're so wrong. Vent that, vent that, and write us an email. Or alternately, and, you can and remember, Josh and Ross are saying that the new rove is crap. <laughs> they, oh, they, they hate it. I'm saying I enjoyed it. I, I knew, wait, 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 I knew, wait, 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 because we've got no time for pork. So, so this is what? this is where we'll do. No, 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 we've got to do pork. six minutes over. Also, you can uh, get on, jump on the internet. Most of the kiddies these days have the internet. You can uh, look up. Uh, boxcutters.net and you can post comments on the blog not just about South Park and Family Guy about anything and we would love to have your comments on the blog and now it's time for pork hey um when I cast my pod it's with the box cutters in mind box cutters pod cast done Pork is on the table. I, Brett, I could so go some pork. I'm kind of <laughs> peckish. Brett Cropley, I knew that you were going to absolutely love the fact that people started getting on the blog and defending your position <laughs> on Family Guy. I knew hey, that you, you were just going. You were just going. Not a single comment up. up there from me saying, huh, "I told you so." You guys, you're so wrong. There uh, were quite a few people saying that you were I, wrong too. I still enjoy Family Guy. I find it really, really funny. I, I find myself in tears from laughter so much more than anything else on TV. And and, and we should apologise that if there was a patronising, oh, you like Family Guy tone to our response. Yeah, because what I've discovered through throughout the week is that there are people who like Family Guy and there are people who don't. And the people who don't are better than the people who don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh... uh the little man, little Fry, is uh, is getting a bit older, and he is getting into television, which Excellent. is which is great. Uh, we've we've just started him off Sesame Street. Uh, Sa- I, Sesame Street. I, what you talking about, Oscar? <laughs> Sesame that's Street. Sass, that's some sass. On you, you said Sesame Street. Right. Uh, so we've just started him on that, and <laughs> and uh, and he's been watching that. And look, I, I grew up with it, and yep. uh, and so I really like it. But I'm a, I'm a little troubled. At least kind of half a dozen times an episode when I'm when I'm watching Ernie and Bert, I'm I'm shocked at the size of Bert's big dark eyebrow. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so square as well. He obviously stops. <laughs> Stops plucking in a rectangle, and I'm sure it's getting hairier. Maybe, maybe next week on Sesame Street, you, you'll see Bert's wearing glasses, and, uh, and it won't affect you as much. Maybe I should write to Sesame Street and say, "Hey, glasses, 
distract from the eyebrows. <laughs> and Gordon's bald head as well. I, I keep seeing reflections of it. Hmm. Is Gordon even still on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? Yep, yep. There's been a bit of uh, poo talking around the place uh, with the departure for, of Kath and Kim from the ABC across to Channel 7 um, and talking about uh, what they actually had to go through when they were trying to get it up on the ABC, right? so to speak. Um, the ABC head of comedy, Jeff Portman, repeatedly rejected it until the ABC drama department championed uh, the show to get up. We, we should say then head of comedy. Yes. And uh, and and that's one of the problems with uh, with a government organisation creating television. Exactly, people we- people like Jeff Portman get into a position. Because they've done the time, not because they have. He the, was the, the most. For it. He was the most humorless person I've ever laid eyes on. He came and talked to us at university about ABC comedy, and he was just, yeah, very, very humorless. It was also, as it says in this article, under Jonathan Shire's dark reign. Apparently, three days before production in 2001, uh, the ABC executives actually shut down production um, and then argued that they and not Riley and Turner held the rights to the show. The ABC took the majority of revenues from the series ancillary products and merchandise. and uh, according to what well, says the source close to the production, the notion that the ABC should now own the creation is absurd if they want to scare off every creative in the country from knocking on their door. Keep running that line. Um, also off the back of this, uh, there's some doubt about the Chasers' future at the ABC, oh, okay. given its very commercial 1.236 million viewers on Wednesday and... Uh, also, the group's quiet off-screen relationship with Seven, which I don't know what that means. I haven't okay. heard anything about no, them. About that either. No, but they've uh, they've been meeting up with the uh, entirety of Channel Seven and going to motels oh. uh, late at night. I know. Oh, very yeah. sus. Speaking speaking <laughs> that's, of that's which, Josh lies. <laughs> speaking of which, is uh, is John so cheating on Lavinia? Why? As uh, as uh, regular listeners will know, uh, the world's most popular mayor, John So, is actually married to Channel 9 weather girl, Lavinia Nixon. <laughs> That's true. Interestingly enough, she never changed her name to Lavinia So, which leads me to think that maybe she was aware that there were going to be some problems in the relationship. Uh, there's now a series of Melbourne Award ads, some sort of some sort of awards. John So, not Lavinia. Who's, what, uh, he's just alone? I think it's another ex-swimmer. Oh, no, no. They're, oh, they're, there's someone there. There's someone there, and it's very similar types of ads. No Lavinia. Um, I'm, maybe she's just too busy. Maybe she's finally decided that working 22 hours a day isn't for her. She should be working on her and, marriage as well as her Yeah, career. I mean, that's, that was good family time they had. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode oh. 80. <laughs> Bloody hell. What did you have, Brett? Brett. More pork. (laughs) Please, go ahead. Go ahead. Just just know that if there is a little bit of silence, I'm going to jump in and say that brings us to the end. The subdued media buying and selling action over the last week is very interesting. It looks like Helen Coonan's had a successful strategy to disarm the issue with a great big fake catching the media corporate unprepared. Uh, with a great big fake catching the media corporates unprepared and moving the discussion away from Labor's broadband yes, strategy. Um, yeah. I mean, basically, the, there hasn't been a feeding frenzy, and I think that uh, the networks have just been, oh, well, we we're waiting for it two months but later. But no one is talking about Should Labor's broadband initiative anymore. No. 
No criticizing the the Liberal government for uh, for their lack of initiative. Yeah, yeah. Big uh, big month coming up for those flying the BitTorrent Airlines. Uh, Entourage and Sopranos <laughs> started last night in the States. The Shield season. Season six, season six started, started just the other night. Uh, season seven, season six. The most recent uh, yes. season of the Shield just started. The Office started back last week. My name is Earl. Starts back next week from the UK. Doctor Who has started back. It's three or four episodes yep. in, I think. Uh, the Simpsons starts back towards the end of April, and so does Ugly Betty. And if you're a fan of the Shield, oh my God, this first episode is fantastic. It's it's just where we left it off, and. Superb as always. Well, equally, the uh, the first episode of The Office was very, very funny. Oh, good. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting home and uh, and watching The Sopranos return. Yes, that will be that will be very exciting. To see and what happened. By the way, with more info from last week, uh, the podcatcher I was talking about was Juice. Juice. That's not iTunes. And there was a mention on the blog that Sopranos got leaked. It did get leaked, but it was a very, very dodgy copy yeah, and, uh, and and didn't play on many media players anyway. Like that Mimi McPherson video. Yeah, that sort of poor quality. Yeah, yeah, mm. similar. And uh, and also, huge testicles in the middle of the screen. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Bizarre. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 80. I want to say thanks to our guest, the Easter Bunny, who dropped by and mm. left us some chocolate. Uh, yes. which uh, which I'm looking forward to eating on Wednesday. And uh, thank you also very much to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. And if you're a local listener to RRR and you're not a subscriber, April Amnesty gives you the chance to win big prizes, so uh, subscribe. Hooray at boxcutters.net if you'd like to talk to us, or alternately just boxcutters.net to comment about many things. Or just give Ross a call on his mobile. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Or text or, us on our mobiles. Or, you know, check out what's, uh, what's going on. And also, I, I was thinking about... Uh, Twitter, which is this uh, new thing online where uh, we could really talk about what television shows we're watching at the time we're watching them, uh-huh. and uh, and maybe people would be interested in that. Uh, I, having said that now, I don't think I've got the patience for it. Right. Uh, I also wanted to say that uh, we talked about the quiz earlier. I think I may have resolved our prize issue. Yes. So uh, in, coming issue, in coming episodes, look out for the quiz. I got to sit with the quiz monkey girl on the, over the week. She's... Quite lovely. Oh, you didn't even talk about that. <laughs> no, until until oh, next week. Oh, is hot dogs coming back? Has anybody heard that it's been axed? Uh, no, no one's heard. Mm. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal, Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week, same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Mm.